You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. SlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 128th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim coming at you live from my brand new studio in Orlando, Florida. Joining me on the podcast today are Matt in my regular studio. <laughs> uh, and Spencer in my regular studio in Boston. Um, guys, I, I know you wanted to start with some other stuff, but I'm going to just interject. And can I just say we just witnessed the sixth monument of cycling at its saddest, the Japan cup and the retirement <coughs> of Fabian Cancellara. You know, and Frank's Um, yeah. Fabian the, Cancellara the is the one that of matters. Fabian Cancellara. Yeah. Fabian Cancellara was really the only <laughs> one that, uh, mattered. Hey, Spencer and little guy, we have a love affair with the Japan cup just because it's the sixth mm-hmm. monument of cycling. And it really is the beginning of ne- of the next cycling season. Mm-hmm. Um, you it's know, a it's a good preview really, for 2017. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, you know, I've never really witnessed it other than like the 20 yeah, pictures one. that always show up on uh Velo news or cycling news. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Italian dude from Cannondale, um, Villa or whatever, David okay. Viella. Let's, oh, okay. let's cut to the, ch- we know Fabian won. It was booked. Yeah. It was rigged yeah. from the start. My, oh, it's like a it's like a after tour criterion. My favorite part is how the Bridgestone Anchor um, cycling team is in this from the Asia tour of the UCI, like the Continental. They always have like a, um, there was cool pictures with cool um, kits. I don't um, care. No, t- I care about <laughs> Fabian Cancellara. Why aren't we talking about Fabian Cancellara right now? This, this is his final race, last Japan Cup ever, you guys. You know what's really sad about Fabian retiring is that he did it in the high vis green special edition kit that the Trek uh, team had. Yeah, what um, was up with that? <laughs> it kind of like takes away. Like, if I was Fabian, I'd be kind of mad that that would be the very last kit that I've ever worn. Yeah, if I was Fabian, yeah, I would have classic. shown up on the line in the Faso Bordalo kit with the Brico helmet because <laughs> that was his best look. I gotta say, Brinko shades. You know the Faso Bordalo kit we've talked about many times is a favorite of this podcast, and definitely the Brico helmet is what really tied it together with just those three openings on the front. It I was like an aero helmet me. before it was an aero helmet. It's What's true. that like? I'm not that into that kit. I'm all for the helmet uh, and the sunglasses that you, can be paired with wait, it. Wait, are you are telling you, me that you're not into I don't the really Faso? Like the, are you a CSC the, Fabian fan? Is that his best look in your opinion? Because uh, you're not. I guess if I have to pick a Fabian, I suppose. Yeah. No, little guy. How the, the CSC is nowhere cool, nowhere near as cool as the Faso Bordalo kit with those amazing bubble letters across the front. It's a little guy. I really liked it. I, they had Danielson on that team. That shit's disgusting. You know, the, the pinstriping on the Trek kit, though, is very slimming, and he needed yeah. that later in his career. Yeah, because he was pure power. <laughs> so. So what the end of the Fabian era? 
You know what he yeah. can't. He he could have done the map A. He could have done the map A kit. Yeah, he could have took the fine from yeah. the UCI, paid those couple of Swiss francs, pulled a Cipollini, and just showed up in like the map A kit. You know, so you all, know how we all the friends in like, the world would have lost their shit, including me. So this is a good question, Spencer. If um, if Fabian Cancellara was going into the Cycling Hall of Fame, just like uh, Kent Herbeck should be going into the Hall of Fame, 25 mm-hmm. years ago last week, he um, he tagged Ron Gant out in the World Series. That's true. And the question Lightly. is, it, you know, it's no question that when Tom, when Ken Herbeck goes into the World Series or goes into the Hall of Fame, he's going to go in as the Minnesota Twin with the Minnesota Twins jersey. Exactly. What jersey would Faso? What, what jersey would Fabian Cancellara? Where going into the Hall of Fame when they when they make his wax figurine and stuff? Yes, oh. <laughs> he'd be CSC or or, uh, or the Leopards or whatever the heck they were. Oh yeah, oh, ooh, that was a good looking kit, the Leopard oh, yeah. kit. Leopard. It would right. definitely not be Fossa or Mappe, unfortunately, or Trek. See, I don't think it could well, be Trek. Segafredo, definitely results, not Trek. Segafredo. I think he. I think there was an identity with him there with Trek for sure, but I think the. The the bulk of his work was done in a CSC kit. Yeah, yeah. That's where All we right. came to love him. Well, maybe so, that's where you came to love him. I love the possible. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He's still hey, an underdog, and you know how I feel about those underdogs. Yeah, I love underdogs, and we were getting critiqued on the um, psych, the, on the the Crosshairs podcast about our lack of segues. And when I hear about underdogs, I think of the Movie Star team. Because as you guys know, they don't number win a lot in of the things because they're underdogs. They're number mm-hmm. one things. Number Did one. you guys see that they are no longer going to be sponsored by um, cat-like helmets? No more cheese graters no. on, the, uh, on unlike, my favorite team. Unlike you, we don't. me and Spencer don't get like a call every time something happens on the Movistar team. Who's going to sponsor them now? So their new helmet sponsor, and little guy... What is Alejandro Valverde going to do without a cat-like helmet on his head? I hopefully just let that bald dome shine. He'll just he'll get a waiver from the UCI. Oh, so <laughs> they are they're going to be wearing Abus helmets. Abus oh. makes helmets? Yeah, well, they sponsored the um I didn't know they the made team helmets. Team Bora this past year. They make really? a, right. they Well, make... see nobody saw that, so <laughs> I couldn't. They couldn't afford so Zoggins, so they stepped down to the movie star team. Is that well? Yeah. Well, you know it is underdogs. Uh, I'm assuming so, so. Bora, I'm assuming specialized is going to that team because Zoggins. Yeah. So, so they're probably booted out along with like Argon 18 and whatever their other suppliers were. Yeah. So I'm previously. wondering who's going to get the uh, the cat like sponsorship. Uh, probably nobody. <laughs> Somebody. Unfortunately, cat like doesn't have. Well, yeah, third division like Basque teams. There's no no other big Spanish team, but who's the most Spanish team out there? The most Spanish team out there? That's not Um, a Spanish team? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they probably got, like, Caja Rural. Yeah. And uh, I I can't even think of any other second-tier Spanish team. Spain is No, but we need need a World Tour team. I think they're a big enough brand that they're going to be in the World Tour. Maybe they'll go to Katusha. I'm thinking it might be, they might, ooh, Katusha, that could be good. They got Joaquin now. Or no, Joaquin's going to the Bahraini team. Never mind. Oh, that's, that's who it's going to be. It's the Bahrain Merida. Oh, they could do they, that, they, too. Oh, Nibali would yeah. look good with one of those on his head. So. He has a well, interesting shaped 
melon. That's for sure. It, it is an interesting well, shaped melon. And as must... we're going on the um, the melon train, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's ride this melon this? train. We're going to ride this melon train and continue into UCI news, guys. Recently, <laughs> just announced in the last hour, Dimension Data uh-huh. is not going to fall off the old melon truck and down into the second division of Continental Racing is because, because they've been granted a waiver by the UCI and oh. the ASO a to waiver. keep their to keep their. Uh, world Tour license for next year as 18 teams will be granted. Oh. A, up to 18 teams will be granted and all allowed into all ASO races. I so, need to do wow. like so an exciting surprised. rewind of this podcast to a few episodes ago where you guys were like, what are we going to do? And I was like, ah, the UCI will probably make up some bullshit rule at the last minute. <laughs> like get everybody in because whatever. That's I'm going to edit that in yeah. right here. It never, ma- it never made sense. Why, why kick out sponsors? Like for years, they were begging new sponsors to come into this. Well, they wanted that relegation to happen, and it's just not going to happen. Yep. Um, hey, I I did get a, a weird text message. Um, Speaking right of right prior to re- like last week, yeah. or like sorry, yesterday. Um, and the text message was hilarious because it's a friend of mine that works uh, um, at a shop here in Orlando that I also get to ride a lot, and uh, he's like, hey been listening to the back catalog you know kind of going back and forth he's like hey drunk tim uh is actually like a decent kind of guy then he's like hey slow ride podcast september 27th 2015 you stated that you were going to strava stock for koms your last kom was july 12th 2015 yeah get fail together. all right you're yeah. still doing the re- you're in the research phase of this yeah, kom yeah. hunting this is, right like I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry, Sean. This does not happen overnight. The Strava stalking, you got to get the list. And I will say, if you keep up text messages like this, you may be on the list where I'm going to start going after your KOMs. It may take a few years, but um, you have been warned. I like this. I like this vague threat action we have going on. can't believe I'm getting called out on my KOMs on Strava. It's a. It's the game oh, has talk, changed, man. Tim. Yeah. yeah, the game. The game has changed. Speaking of games, we should yeah. talk about gamesmanship, and I don't know where to go. Oh, Velocross <laughs> this past weekend. Yeah, I think I'm getting solid. these segues right. Velocross, a, a race that we hold dear to our hearts because the three of us have promoted them for years. Yes. And you guys are continuing, but little guy, you are now the ex- announcer extraordinaire. And well, I share that honor with with cousin Keith, so I gotta give cousin Keith this too. So you it's a fifty, it's a partnership. So was the race a success this week? Oh yeah, I think it was a success. Yeah, a lot of people. Everything, show up? everyone's smooth. Um, it felt like a lot of people. I didn't ever looked at the numbers. Okay, uh, we had good weather and it was muddy, which is always the key benefit of velocross is that we always have good weather. And it's always muddy at the same time. So you don't have to be cold and miserable, but you actually finally get to race in some mud. Yeah. It's a, good, it's a special feature we have at Velocross. Now, there, so, was a course, there was a course feature that was always near and dear to our heart going inside the velodrome. I'm just kidding. That wasn't near and dear to our heart. What was no, near and dear to our heart no was a perfectly that. placed tree on, the, on a left-hand turn that we were dubbed the NSC tree that at one time had a, a very active Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Was the NSC tree um, a culprit have again n- in breaking collarbones n- or shoulders for like the 10th year in a row? Which tree is this? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, it's, man. Where's this tree? Got to play along. It's the tree into the back entrance of the velodrome. 
That's right outside the gate by the container. It takes everybody out. Oh, no. that No, that tree didn't hurt anybody this year. The ditch, I think, is the only thing that caused crashes this year. Because it was ah, okay. super muddy and super sticky. And as the day went on, in every race, it would change. And so it, you could ride it for, like, two laps. And then people were coming up constantly being like, I think there's something down there. And then Ryan would go over there and poke around with a stick. And he'd, like, fish out, like, huge rocks way down in the bottom of the ditch. Speaking of poking around with a stick... Little guy, how did the podium work this past week at Velocross when you were announcing it? Uh, I never announced them. Keith announced them. I have to say, uh, we didn't have to police the podium at all because there was a general crowd consensus to police the podium that, like, people were yelling at people on the podium to use the proper arm. Um, nice. I didn't even see one podium bike attempted. It was really nice. Didn't even have to, like, give somebody the stink eye. Nobody even tried it. It was great. I saw a podium baby, but it was totally, it was contextual. It was good. Um, It was great. Podium was classy. The podium of that race is the best-looking podium ever with, like, the diamond cut LGR logo. Yeah, we got our team colors on the podium, man. It looks good. But that is amazing that... There's crowd control that yeah, is taking it's, over. It's self-policed now it's in Minneapolis, is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. So it's yeah. almost like we helped build a movement here. Sure, let's take credit for it. It could have been somebody else's doing, but let's take credit. Well, I think that you know, Crosshair has definitely helped with his amazing stick figure drawing, without a doubt. He has a wider avenue. But, I mean, with, together, the wide-angle podium brotherhood has stopped podium bikes in certain regions – was there any five-person podiums at Velocross? Uh, no, podiums go three deep. I believe at one <laughs> point I even I even reiterated this over the uh, PA system that podiums are only three deep, and that's I how sh- podiums work. Podiums are only three deep. That's very important. But it sounds like at uh, DCCX that there were some five-person podiums oh, to much consternation. What? So it's true. Whoa, wait, well, whoa! I thought I thought he was cool, man. Well, I, I got, he was too. I got uh, I got the inside scoop um, from our uh, on the ground reporter there, so we can. Uh, All right, on the ground yeah, actually, reporter. Let's s- let's call him up and see if he knows uh, anything about this five person oh, podium. We, should we get him on the line right now? Yeah. yeah. You let's do? Okay. let's right. turn on let's... the ring the ring effect. Okay, ring let's ring see if I can, ring ring. Let's see if I can patch him in here. Hang on. The All sound right. the soundboard's gone, but uh, patch, it's a real live phone in. call. Hey, um, so little guy, real quick. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was a pretty good segue that we did there. I, I think I'm getting the hang of it. I mean, that was seamless between talking about a ditch to the podiums, and then now we're on DCCX, so just keep up that hard yeah. work. Thanks that for that. That was super oh, Hello? Uh, hello? Hey. Oh, man. Oh, is this, uh, is Wait, this lukewarm? Am I, are we alive? Are we on? Am I on? We're, we're live. Hello, Luke. Hey, this is, this is lukewarm. Hey, uh, I'm reporting live. Well, not live anymore, but I'm reporting back from uh, DC uh, CX Cyclocross. Good. I hope you're not still there. You might be getting cold out, outside at this hour. Well, it's dark, so I'm not sure where I am. So, um, lukewarm. Luke. This uh, past week, it's my understanding that you uh, both raced and worked the pits at the um, the cross race. Uh, yeah. What did you see out there? A great event. It's a I UCI went- event. I know a lot of people. Five person podiums. That sounds great. Do you want to do the report, Tim? 
No, I'm asking you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went deep undercover this this past weekend in, in uh, Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, uh, <laughs> to the D.C. SEAC cyclocross race. And uh, I, I even was able to get deep enough undercover that uh, I was, I was uh, allowed to work the, uh, the, uh, the, what do you call it, the pit, the mechanical pit uh, at the race for uh, an actual racer in the race. So that was a mm. totally new experience. Um, very stressful, a lot of action going on in the pit. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but if uh, it's kind of like NASCAR. If you imagine NASCAR, where they come in and they change all the four wheels, except for it's only two wheels, and you don't do it like that at all. Yeah, because it's like NASCAR if everybody had two cars, and they swapped cars if their car got muddy. That's, exactly. That's a great point. I don't know why mm-hmm. NASCAR doesn't have two cars. They, they should really consider that. They should. They should. Um, so did, uh, the racer that you worked the pit for, did they, did they have a good race or did you, uh, they, they, had, they did, they had a clean race, top tens both days. Um, nice. so that was good. We did not actually have to pit, which probably worked out in his favor. Um, although I did see a lot of pitting action in the pit, pit action, paction. Um, there was maybe people uh not very well practiced at pitting uh doing a lot of the pitting sort of from what i've learned was the scrub zone of the race um mm-hmm. towards the tail end a uh, lot of a lot of guys running in looking confused looking for bikes looking for wheels uh like shifters exploding derailers chains no more it was it was total carnage it was like d-day uh I was afraid for my life, to be honest. Now, do you think this was because uh, at local races, often the the much to the consternation of junior parents, there is not often enough a two-sided pit so that people may practice, and then they come to these big races and they're just not prepared? I think this falls on promoters. I would uh, locally. I would, I would definitely say these these people were unprepared. Yes, the the pit mm. I, the pit itself was very prepared. The race itself was very professional. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't really give you too much more insight than that. Uh, but okay. perhaps perhaps people should consider, uh, you know, how, how it all works, I guess. So you said that you also raced. Um, what, what was the course like? Um, how do you compare it uh, to the last report you did from, uh, I believe it was like uh, Gloucester? Um, how is, you know, what, what's it like up there in the... Um, racing in the nation's capital oh so uh dc as you said is the nation's capital um very uh prestigious uh city uh the course there on the uh uh, armed forces retirement grounds uh very prestigious very historical i I guess um dusty a lot of grass dusty now i've heard a lot of talk in the media lately that dc was mostly a swamp that needed to be drained but that didn't apply to the cross course. No, not from what I saw. No, not from hmm. my vantage point. Um, very so dusty, Republicans actually. Are lying to me. Very dry, very dusty, uh, very loose. Uh, I was told I got loose in some of the corners. Um, ah. Perhaps too loose. Uh, I, I raced. I raced what we call a single speed race. Um, I believe that's because I just went one speed for the entire race, which was medium to medium slow. Yeah. That's what uh, what place did you get? I I uh, I was told beforehand that sixteenth uh, place would be an excellent result for me. Um, I, I overachieved though, unfortunately. 
Oh, so you got better than 16th place. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I finished 7th and uh, 13th. <laughs> that's that's oh, pretty nice, good, Luke. Nice. Good work. Moving up well, the world. <clears throat> well, Luke, is there anything else you want to add about your experience? Um, we, I know that you've uh, probably got to get back to uh, raking the leaves. Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, tell everybody the, the, the uh, experience there was fantastic. Uh, the course was uh, the best I've ever raced, uh, being my first race. And um, uh, rocking the one cog uh, rules, rules and should never be, uh, you should never have to pay to rock the one cog. It's a good point, despite you usually do have to pay. Uh, and then uh, I guess my final question, uh, Luke, how awesome was it seeing Katie Compton, multi-time World Cup winner, racing against the Masters men? I would say, well, see, what happened was um, the Masters and the single speed started uh, staggered at the same time. Uh, so I got to see Katie line up with them in front of me, and then I never saw her again. Uh, she mm. she uh, took straight to the front of that Masters race, schooled a bunch of those fools, and then uh, when she washed out in the corner, still managed to finish uh, fourth place overall in that Masters race. Uh, and then immediately proceeded to win the women's race. Yeah, just rolled back to the car, changed her jersey, and, uh, and handily won the, uh, the women's race as well. It was uh, quite a sight to behold. That is a, uh, that is a powerful, powerful person. Well, Luke, I do appreciate the uh, phone call, and uh, great talking to you as always, and uh, great job out there with those uh, top ten. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, just let me know if you ever need, if I can ever do anything for you again. I'm happy to. Hey, what's that? Oh, hey there, all you hosers. This is Manitoba Mike Vandenham from Canada, and uh, you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, eh? Hey, um, Sorry, frame lap. Yeah, what are we racing gotta... for this week, uh, Spencer and Little Guy? Uh, this week, our frame lap is for the service course. Uh, maybe you've heard of it, Tim. Uh, the service course provides <laughs> bicycle cleaning, supplies, and services. So I have, and the reason I know about it is that um, I really, really hate cleaning my bike, but I want to look like a pro when I'm out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any of the tools to do it, especially now that I've been rocking the gravel so much. So I was looking at this. Grinding. The wash kit is pretty amazing. Those brushes, like they're not going to mess up, A, my moots, my titanium moots. It looks like it's like exactly what they need. <laughs> and need- even the oh, – do you guys remember my Focus cross bike? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the yep. bars are a little too narrow. I understand. And I'm going to be upgrading to Campy. So when I upgrade to Campy on that, I'm going to be upgrading my brush kit. I'm just saying, service course, where I'm going to go? TheServiceCourse.com. Well, I already have a service course uh, brush kit and bucket that I bought what? Like, uh, a little over a year ago. Well, you're awesome. a new man now that you live out on the East Coast. I know. Well, that's what happened is I, I ended up moving in with, with Adam Myerson for a little while, and that fool mm-hmm. washes his bike after every single ride, every single ride, all the time. And it got a little, like, I got kind of shamed into it, I guess. And, yeah. uh but I wanted to start at the top. So I went straight to the, po- uh, the, the podium, the top of the podium there, and uh, got the service course. The, the, podium, the podium of bike washing. It's going to be my podium bucket if I ever get on a podium. That's what I was just about to say. Like, this is the yeah, ultimate sponsor true. of the podcast. What a good because, segue. Because <laughs> you get – yeah, listen to this segue, guys. You get a bucket. Now you can bring the podium bucket yeah, up. So you if you're in one of those situations, if you're in one of those – situations where someone's bringing a bike up there you know what ruin their podium bike with a podium bucket yeah. except the podium bucket is from service course 
a supporter of the Wide Angle Podium Network it's, and the Slow Ride Podcast. It feels real dumb to say that the bucket is awesome, but because before I bought it, I didn't really know anything about the bucket. I just bought it, and the bucket showed up, and I was like, this bucket is actually awesome. Like, it's screw top. Like, it's everything's pro to the nines. It's 100% worth every penny. Oh, I you think the bucket got. is worth it with the screw-on cap? I'll say those brushes, the conical brush. Yeah. Oh, man, that's going to get in all the places that I've never gotten before when <laughs> I've tried washing my bike with, like, a just a rag or a cut-up, t- like, race T-shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty so, much um, what those uh, those memorial race T-shirts are for. Yeah. Right? The ones you get free with the entry fee or whatever. Now, yeah. if people want to talk... I have quite the collection of race T-shirts because all of the mountain bike races here in Florida, uh-huh. uh, put on by this family, the GoneRiding.com, the Burger family, they do a great job of putting on these races for like twenty years. The yeah. Gone Riding series has gone on. However, no, regardless of when you register, you always get a free T-shirt to every race, and it's you know. So I have a ton of eight hours of labor shirts from Gainesville, but they're always tend to be like two sizes too big when I get them or whatever. So they become great shop rags. And that's not a knock because I love getting the shirt, <laughs> but it's like, man, that's another shirt I'm going to clean my bike with. Well, that's and the, now that's I have a brush set that's going to totally take care of it. Yeah. You don't wash your bike with shop rags. That's what it comes I down know. to. You treat it right. You spent how much on a titanium frame? You fool. Well, you got to treat it right. So do it well, with the service course. I'm going to take that service course, theservicecourse.com, and I'm going to get myself one of those wash kits. So check it out. Thanks to theservicecourse.com for supporting the Slow Ride Podcast and the Wide Angle Podium Network. And uh, with that, let's get back to the show. Hey, this is Mo Bruno Roy, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. segue for you guys now that we're back and we're racing right along we got a question the other day emailed to us at the slowridepodcast.com about racing etiquette from listener zach andrews kind of a long question so you guys can jump in as we go through this but he says hey guys i have a cross etiquette question and would love to get your take i was doing a local race blew step a tire through on the first you gotta lap. step through yep no no <laughs> yep. no 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 he was doing a local <laughs> no, race no, no, and he no. Blew a tire on the first lap okay. while sitting in fourth place, and he got a wheel from a Masters racer getting his pit bike ready because he didn't so have anything cheating. in the pits. Wait, wait, so he wait, so he went into the. You're saying he went into the pit. He didn't have anything. He just went in there hoping. He saw another racer and he said, "Can I Give take me your, your stuff?" Yeah. Or like he got a wheel from the side of the course from a Masters racer no, who he, was warming up. So in parentheses, he adds, I didn't have anything in the pits. So he goes into the pits. I'm assuming the Masters guy's like, hey, over here. If, over here. So I'll take care right. of you. So if that's happened, legal. It's just. Eh, yeah. If it happened eh. in the pit, totally legal. If it happened outside of the pit, DQ. Well, I guess he doesn't say that. No. Nope. Well, he doesn't say he was in the pits. So. It just the here's, Masters racer was getting his pit bike ready. But that's not even a, the start of well, the... Well, here's uh, a side question, you guys. If Is it legal, because it's legal in the pits to make a change, is it legal for me to go in the pits and just put somebody else's <laughs> stuff on my bike? Like, is that legal? 
like within the context of the race. It's well, not legal be because I'm stealing. No, but <laughs> out, outside of the the legality, like within the race, like is it technically I can do that? I think is the is the pit free reign? No, I think it's, it has to be <sighs> yours or it has to be neutral support. Really? I mean, it's not often explicitly said, and you know how like like. Uh, H Wood would always say, like, if the tape isn't all the way to the edge of the barriers, you just freaking ride around those things, man. Yeah, you're but supposed well, to, him and you're Zach supposed McDonald to look for that. You have to run them twice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we know yeah, this is a good question. I would say, the in the, uh, you know. I, despite it being stealing within the rule book, <laughs> I would assume that no harm, no foul. Like, if you just took someone's wheels from another race, like, you could probably do it. If it was during the race, that could be the greatest teammate maneuver ever. Yeah. So, like, you'd be like, oh, dude, you're in last place. But you see that, like, like if Spencer was still on the other team and you and I were on the same team that we were, and Spencer had a flat tire, but I beat him into the pit so you could stay away, and then I took Spencer's, like, spare wheels <laughs> and hit him. It turns into, like, a demolition derby kind of race. Yeah. yeah. I one time I had a flat, and then a, a fellow rider in the race said, hey, go into the pit and, and grab my wheel. And it was a Spox. Oh. And that was pretty Those cool. Are crazy. And so I felt very, like, um, late 90s. Um, just very late 90s. I watched a little video the other day from the late 90s Gloucester or something. And everybody had freaking Spox. I couldn't believe it. Why did they? <laughs> what, what was going on? I think even Mr. Adam Meyerson was rocking some Spox. We got to talk to him about that sometime. I think next time we can get him on the show, it should just be... Like a long Q and A of like Spocks, explain. Yeah, <laughs> as someone that, who's think... used them more than once. Why? Now, yeah. okay. We segued way outside. Of way Zach outside. I know. Che- I mean, back to so the question. So far, we've determined that Zach was cheating by yeah, well, um, he's picking maybe cheating, wheels maybe not, in or out of the pit that weren't his. But he starts clawing okay. his way back. He's like, good. He's like uh, in thirtieth place, right? He's lost twenty five spots. And he says, okay. as everything was spread out, he started passing the riders who were out to have fun rather than chase points. And he would call out and say, like, hey, faster rider coming through. And people would give him the line. Is that specifically what he would say? Faster rider coming through? I don't know. Maybe he would say, like, I would, hey, if somebody said sports, that to me, I would cut them off. Maybe, like, sport rider coming through. I don't yeah, know but, what he's saying. But you're but racing for points, little guy. You're not out yeah, there having yeah. fun. Yeah. So I'm trying I, to have fun, too. So but I think anyway. Zach is in the uh, Zach's in the scrub zone right now during the race, and he's saying like, "Hey guys, like out of the pits." And there, and most people probably know him. And they're like, "Ah, oh, right ahead, Zach." So he says he's about to pass a guy for maybe fifteenth place, and uh, and as he was passing, the guy goes, "Hey man, we're racing," and totally ran him into the tape. Oh, that was not a block. Like not a block. I like it. It's probably me. <laughs> not a block, but completely ran me into the tape. Now I know Rubin, Rubin is racing. Was that guy being a dick, or do I need to be the silent assassin, assassin and chop him unannounced for a finishing place that is meaningless? It's not like we're talking about 16th place or anything. So, Well, I don't think you should run him into the tape. I mean, yeah, Rubin is racing, but you shouldn't be putting people in the tape for no reason. I mean, I think that it's on you as the passing rider to, to, yeah, to safely go around the other guy. I mean, if the other guy has the line, he has the oh. line. Yeah, that's, I guess that's he the point. Though. He has a line, and he's holding his line, or he's like protecting it. But just pushing somebody like directly so, into the tape isn't as cool yeah. as like being like, "No, screw you! You're going to take that outside line. I'm going to take that outside line." You so know I, I mean? would, I would think it, 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 
it would go something like this. Like, you you can absolutely call out to the rider in front of you saying, hey, I'm going to try and pass if you if that's your prerogative, right? But the rider you're passing is under no obligation to actually give any time of day to your request at all. That is true. And it sounds like you're doing a lot of passing, like, in the corners. Maybe, maybe just, like, when you catch up to people, just hang out and then wait for some sort of straightaway or some area where it, you can pass easily and just drop them. Uh, so I think what we've determined is that Zach's a cheater. Uh-huh. Zach doesn't know how to safely pass. And um, Zach Zach uh, Never should, listen to our show again. Zach, Zach should never <laughs> announce that he's going to pass people. He should just do it. This isn't the yeah. trail. He's not out there on the, the lakefront path. He doesn't need to say rider on your left. He just needs to pass him and go snooches, booches, and then keep I riding. Think you, the only time you really say you're passing, I feel like, is the context of you're like with a another rider. rider. Well, maybe a left rider, but also like maybe somebody you know. And so like I would say, like, hey, super rookie, I'm going to pass you on your left. <laughs> Never happens. Um, or in the context of like you're with a rider and you're like, hey, if you let me come by, basically like I'll pull, you know? So as opposed to, like, I'm going to pass you and try to drop you right away, you're just like, hey, you know, if you swing over, I'm willing to, like, take up the pacing duties for a while, you know? That's a good way to do it. And and maybe you drop them, but maybe, like, you're just like, hey, dude, like, I'll totally pull. Like, I'll pull you forever, you know? Like, if you can stay on my wheel. like. So I think that we just helped with our amazing and extensive etiquette knowledge um, that, you know... Do you well, guys first, have anything else to add to Zach? I mean, thanks for I writing. Mean, You're probably never going to hear this. I, I think it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's a good question. I personally would never, I wouldn't even announce that I was passing no matter how far back I was. I'd just go around people. Um, one way or the other, I, I think the onus would fall on me, and that's just my take on it. But, um, yeah, I'd be like, well, if I got to, like, uh, we were lapping some people in, in D.C., and people were at the barriers like, taking odd lines like as they were running to go take hand ups of fireball or whatever um and i remember having to redirect you know suddenly over somebody who like <laughs> you know suddenly was like oh look at that hand up and turned you know and i was like shit gotta get other way you know it's just you just deal with it like you can get around them it's not gonna slow you down that much uh you already yeah. lost the race you know you're their flat tire so maybe I, some good advice I kind of had the same experience on Sunday this week in that I was I was maybe fifth wheel, fourth or fifth wheel, first lap, and I took the outside line through the muddy ditch, and it sucked me in and spit me into the tape, and I f- crashed about halfway through the first lap. So I went from, like, fourth to 15th or 16th or something. I don't know. Um, probably 16th, yeah. Probably 16th. But so I for a little bit I was passing riders, and then I got to a point where – um, I passed some riders, and the next rider was way up, up the course, and I couldn't get anybody else. But I don't think I announced. I'm trying yeah. to think back on it. I'm pretty sure I didn't announce. I think I just, like, caught people, and I waited for an opportunity to try Do to go think- around them if I could. And, you know, sometimes I'd go around people, and I would get a gap right away, and sometimes I went around people, and they'd jump on my wheel, and I'd be like, all right, we're racing. Do you, you think know? announcing is going to be more likely to get you in a fight during a race or less likely? More uh, likely. Some, more likely. If someone announces to me, I 
instantly do not want them to pass me more than anything in the world. Even in a mountain, I do, even in a mountain bike I am race? like, oh, especially in a mountain bike race. I told, I told people, I like cursed at people this year at Buck Hill when they told me they were going to pass me. I guess we're, like, we're racing. Like, yeah, all right, cool. Go for it. Go to hell. I told one guy earlier at Buck Hill, I was like, that's my least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> It was like we were we were like top fifteen, right? So we were in that same zone, and this guy was like on your left, and I was like, "That's my least favorite thing in the world, man." Yeah, like Go do on not the right. do Go not right. do not say that to me. If you want to pass me, pass me. There's also there's a passing section coming up. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, man. You know? Like uh, at that, like this is different than the listener question, but like some if you're uh, if you're actually racing somebody and you didn't, you know, like you're not coming through, you don't ask. No. You gotta, you gotta throw it out, man. Like the only person that should be announcing, and we should respond to that announcement, is during a mountain bike race or in a cross race, and there's a field that started separately behind you, yeah, or yeah. a race leader that's actually in there. And I think that this happens to the women more than anything else. Probably the, the fast juniors. women racers or the juniors coming through, and there's just like the scrub zone and the cat threes, like people like myself. That are like, yeah. oh, I'm racing for 15th place, and they're not getting out of the way of the actual race leaders yeah. that started separately. Yeah, that yeah. is when a proper fans. announcement needs to happen. Now, a couple of things on that. If you are the jerk that is sitting on the wheel of like the women's leader or the junior leader, and then when they're like, hey, <laughs> race leader coming through, and then... I'm like sitting there. I'm like, oh, sweet. You know what? Go right ahead, um, Linda Sone, former national champion in the women's race uh, in Minnesota cyclocross. I would get out of the way, and then sure enough, there'd be like two dudes in my field riding her wheel <laughs> to also pass me. That's yeah, a little guys are, low brow. Those guys are lame. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Um, but that's the problem with cross is like there's too many divisions. There's too many different races on course. Yeah. If everybody well, just raised their category and not their freaking age handicap, then we'd have less people on course in different races. I am on board 100% with that little guy, but I don't think we're going to... We're facing an uphill battle here. Hey, but yes, I do, we're I all do, getting older. I do have an important question about Velocross, <laughs> speaking of Velocross. Okay, what's up? Now, one time, maybe for a couple years, uh, we did this, and I want to know if the if the tradition continued... And okay. whether or not it is, uh, it doesn't matter because I want to get it out there to our listening audience, all the promoters listening. Really, I, I think you should take up this practice. But little guy, does, does LGR still give out to the Cat 4 winners a bag of sand as the podium prize? We haven't, oh. um, we haven't done that for a while, though. Um, we should really should. It would have really been should. good. You know, Spencer, it would have been I good. had totally um, forgotten about that. We, that may we, be one of our greatest ideas ever. Oh, it's always a sandbagger that wins. Our race is in November. If you've already probably won a couple races by then, if you're winning now, and you definitely deserve the bag of sand. So this, Spencer, thank you so much for bringing this up. Thank, thank you for bringing this up, Spencer. Mm -hmm. This may be one of the greatest things that Little Guy Racing headed by the three of us this three-headed monster created and that of course is the bag of sand to the winner of the category yeah. four or category three race that needs to come back and i remember once didn't we put the prize we in did. the bag of sand so we like they had to open up 
Yeah, we sliced the bag a little bit and slid the check, the winner's check, so, inside it and, and taped, taped it back it. close. Yeah. I, so like, I can't hey, remember. Your check's in here. Somebody came up at one point. Uh, and God, I can't believe I can't remember who it was now, but somebody came up at one point and told, was telling me and Keith that the one prize they still have that they've ever gotten from bike racing is that bag of sand. So, hey, so all the cross promoters out there, feel free to take this idea. We want to see pictures of bags of sand given as prizes to the um, – Podium winner to the winners of category three races at cross races moving forward. I think category four and category three. It's it's the greatest prize that you could give. And they're not going to throw it away. Um, Speaking of throwing away, Uh I would like to talk about um, an email that we got from longtime listener and supporter of the podcast, Ruby Roubaix. I don't know much about Ruby Roubaix, but his Twitter account or her Twitter account, I guess I don't know is fantastic, based in France, taking all types of pictures on the side of the pavé and everything. And they sent an email and said, Hey, guys, I need to tap your extensive track cycling knowledge. Thank you. As a former mm-hmm. Category mm-hmm. 2 and current Category 2 on the track. Weren't I like you, uh, I well, you kind of messed that up, Tim. I thought you were going to say, uh, as a former <laughs> Category 3 state champion in the Kieran. Yeah, former that's what Minnesota I State that's Category totally 3 Kieran I champion. Although I do like to just – this is how I introduce it. I'm like, yeah, I was the Kieran state champion. And category then like – <laughs> and then I was like, Category 3. Um, so yeah. Hurricane, you know. As a regular attendee of many road races, I know that the accepted etiquette is to cheer encouragement to all riders regardless of how you feel about them as a mark of respect for their suffering athletic prowess. Now, I'm lucky enough to be going to the final day of the London Six Days, where Sir Bradley Wiggins will be riding, and I'd like to know the etiquette for track events. Do I have to cheer politely, or is it acceptable to shout smack and wave my inflatable pitchfork every time he passes by? That's going to get really tiring. It is going to get pretty old. So go for whatever it, you want. I, hey, I think at a six day, a I think at a six day, because it's a party, Get your party pants on and boo like crazy. Yeah, it's everyone's true. probably drunk anyway. I mean, so. Sir Bradley Wiggins is the ultimate heel in track cycling, and it's like, I mean, it's his final event as some kind of rider. Um, He's gonna know. keep riding. He, how many final events has he had in the last like five years? He's this just is milking this. This shit. is the end well, of him. I mean, he, he's already announced. I mean, the event. We're, we're a little late. This this question came in a week ago, so it's already happened. But I mean, Wiggins is is done. The ship has sailed. He is no longer seen as a, a good guy in cycling because of the old fancy bear Russian hack. But I'm telling well, you guys. Uh, he, he really screwed the pooch. He should have ended at the Japan yeah. Cup like all the other heroes. Yeah. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think that it's okay to, um, if, at a track race, I think at a track race it's okay to uh, shout a little smack. I don't think you have yeah. to give the um, the old attaboy. I wouldn't go overboard where you're that annoying fan that's, that's going nuts the whole time. I, I think it's okay to, in that situation with Bradley Wiggins, to let him know how you feel, and then yeah, just, I mean, you, you've let him know, and then you go back to cheering the rest of the racers. Yeah, I think some some you know some lighthearted heckling is all right. You know, if he's doing well, uh, you know, you can make fun of him for I don't know what some sort of track related joke, I guess. And if he's doing poorly, you can say, hey, you're doing you you you're still doing better on a velodrome than George Incapi ever did. You know, yeah, yeah. That could be, that could I don't be think you need to be like uh, totally ridiculous to be like, hey, Bradley Wiggins, like your track racing's horrible, like your cyclocross debut. Wiggins. And then, Wiggins. Um, yeah, there you go. Just... <laughs> <laughs> that could be a really good one. I like that, Spencer. That's a good idea. 
Uh-huh. And you just yell fancy bear at him all the time. The fancy bear. bear. Yeah. Oh. What's your password, Bradley? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so um, thanks for the uh, question there, Ruby Rubey. And as always, thanks for the uh, support of the um, the podcast. Maybe if we ever yeah, make a uh, France, French trip, you can uh, you can show us around and pay us to do the, uh, the you know, the old... Uh, Slow Ride tour. Podcast oh. tour uh, mm-hmm. tour package that's out there. Yeah, All right, yeah, we'll do the house sitting. Um, <laughs> and look, you asked a little earlier before we went on the air um, yeah. that if anyone from Chicago defended their city in winning the best biking oh, city, yeah. Yeah. absolutely no one. Um, that's right. So, <laughs> as a fact, we don't have it. Uh, we did yeah. have a couple of. Uh, you know, we've, we've had a lot of Twitter mentions over the last uh, few weeks on a variety of things. Um, one of my favorites was our listener in Nashville who got us the information about the bike monorail. And oh, she's yeah. looking for oh, yeah. more like coverage. I met her in DC. Oh, really? Cool. Yep. She came up, introduced herself, said, Hey, I'm and what's the one her name? looking for the, for the uh, <laughs> monorail. Did she like hand you an envelope that was marked Top Secret Monorail? And you yeah. like stuffed she gave it me a inside whole bunch your. Of... You guys met in like a parking garage a la yep. like. It was kind of blurry photos of the monorail, like through the trees and stuff. I was going to send them to Tim, but I don't think I will anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is good. So, yeah, so we got to meet uh, some of our listeners out there. So we do appreciate the um, the love that we uh, yeah. uh, get. So. Actually, actually got a shout-out. I got some host housing in D.C. as well from uh, an Angle Podium supporter. So that was an That's avid nice. benefit. Yeah. So always cool to meet everybody that likes the show. Got a yeah. ton of people coming up, and uh, I mean, you're you're kind of in Crosshair's backyard, so you expect there to be a lot of uh, wide angle podium uh, people, peeps. Wait, around, that's where and, and you had were. to stay? Was in Crosshair's backyard? That was not no. nice. Oh, no, okay. no. He let you come in the this house. This was much much better accommodation. I did actually. I mean, guys, did you, Sp- Spencer? This the one of the most liked things we saw was this podium bike picture at DCC Cross. Yeah, where like the winners all had podium bikes. Anthony Clark, it it was Anthony pretty Clark is looking like Anthony Clark should look in every photograph. In that picture is amazing. Uh, Dan Timmerman and Kerry Warner both playing along to make the most ridiculous podium photo they can possibly do. They all brought their bikes. It was all in good fun. That was Bill yeah. poking fun of himself. Uh, <laughs> no, because it was pretty good. Because, uh, as you alluded to earlier in the podcast, he did have to do uh, wide-angle podiums for all the amateur categories, but uh, for the pro categories, he did top three only, and they did stuff like that, which is rad. (laughs) Well, you have to do wide, like USA Cycling enforces that? No, the the series that that it's part of recognizes all five, I guess, so whatever. Mm, I don't know why. Okay. Well, I think that overall it was a pretty successful weekend for you. Um, Spencer, you got to meet uh, longtime listeners like Emily. You've got to see the, uh, you know, the podium bikes that are out there and, uh, you know, all around good stuff. Um, I'm happy that you were uh, spreading the love of the Slow Ride podcast in the D.C. area. I hope to make that event in the future. Yeah, well, it's about time somebody did, you know, it's an underserved market. It is. And with that. I think that, uh, and, you know, speaking of underserved market, I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. And we'd like to remind you to always wave at your fellow riders, spandex, mm-hmm. not spandex, even if they're mm-hmm. one of those cool hipster urban riders with some nice uh-huh. cycling jeans. Oh, uh, speaking of cool lot? hipster urban riders, 
Um, our theme uh, intro and outro music is by BK1 of Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. So go check that out as well. Yeah, you should. And you should actually go buy the album Radio Do Cannibal and just bump it like crazy because we have listeners that tell us all the time about whistling it on the way to the water cooler to talk about cool oh. things. Speaking of the water cooler, you should definitely wave at all your fellow cyclists so <laughs> you pass out on the road. Hey, that's yeah, a great idea. Yeah. What was that little guy? We have one more thing to talk about. Speaking, oh, speaking of, of things more to talk things, about. What, what could it possibly be? I saw that John Oliver clip from before the Olympics. Oh, yeah. And Tim, you said you'd seen it where he, he, he claims in the clip about doping that he, him and Tyler are brothers. Yeah, he talks about Tyler that Hamilton's he is Tyler chimera at Twitter. Yeah. Twin. You just got to go search for it. John Oliver, what I forget the name of his show. It's it's John it's Oliver, one, and then it's the uh, this this it's one about tonight. doping. Yeah, yeah, it's the dope. It's the Wada one. It's great. You got to watch it. It's amazing. It's just about doping in general, but obviously, some cycling comes up and some Tyler Hamilton comes up, and like, how often do you get to watch a quality comedy and not us just us jokers making fun of Tyler Hamilton? It's good stuff. Speaking of Tyler Hamilton. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.